Before we begin, welcome to the HTML Energy Pledge Drive. As you can imagine, HTML Energy needs your energy. So if you've been enjoying our podcasts and or our own energy, please consider supporting us at www.patreon.com slash htmlenergy. When you support us, your name will appear within our website's source code. Thank you very much. Yeah, so thanks for being on the HTML Energy podcast. Maybe I'd just like to start by saying that we're recording this interview on Skype. And so I wanted to ask you about your username. I emailed you and I was like, oh, here's my username. It's ELL underscore N3SS, so like LNS, which is a handle that I used online starting, I think, in high school. Um, But I like this one because it incorporates Leet. (laughs) I haven't said, I have never, I have not said that out loud in um, a long time. I remember Skype was actually the first, one of the first instant messaging programs I used. It was Skype and AIM. So this is definitely like a marker of how long I've been online. And was it around that time when you were first online that maybe you first experienced HTML energy? Um, Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been around HTML energy for a long time. I didn't have a personal computer basically until I went to college, but there was a computer at my grandparents' house and it was like a really boxy gray PC with like the amazing like mechanical keyboard that like clicks. I got into coding websites (laughs) because I wanted to make a fan site for this manga series that I was really into. And none of it ever went live, but I learned how to like write everything in like a notepad file, basically like a text file and just save it with the HTML extension and then you could open it in your local browser. So I I would like mock up websites that way. I would like read source code (laughs) from other people's sites to like learn how to do things. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting that your site never went online, but you built a a website. I, I think that was what was so amazing about it to me was that yeah, I could just type some stuff. I didn't even need to be connected to anything. It would just appear. That felt so powerful to me. And I think that the barrier to entry was like still fairly high when I was growing up. So I I couldn't really figure out how to like pay for hosting or how to buy a domain or anything like that. For me, like just building little websites in my little folders, (laughs) um, felt like the same thing mm-hmm. like it, I, I didn't really care about anyone seeing it it was, it was all for me oh, that's so nice yeah yeah and that leads me to your project poem club which did get online and mm-hmm. I, I saw it I've admired it for a long time I mean I don't know how long it's been around but could you tell me about how poem club began so I I spent two years working at this nonprofit 
in the financial district. And it, it was this anti-violence nonprofit that is doing really, really important work. Um, but it was right after the election. So it had been like a year since the election. Like we were still kind of dealing with like the new administration and the way that like the prejudice and everything that was kind of coming off of like the Trump administration was affecting my job, which was around hate violence and bias motivated violence and domestic violence um, and the pre- prevention thereof. So I was just really, really stressed out at work all the time, and I wasn't really writing, and I really wanted a creative outlet. And I think I think it was actually Chris Rifkema at the time who suggested that I get into maybe coding something or, like, redoing my website. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, I could, I could do that. And I hadn't hand-coded anything in a while when I when I decided to go make Pump Club, but I got really into this idea of just like, oh, you just open your text editor and you can make something and you can make something really beautiful and you can make something where there was nothing before. And it was a kind of language that is very different than the language that I was using every day at work um, because I was doing a lot of writing for that. Um, and it's different language than the language that I was doing in my other work, which is like narrative essay. It was like just a completely different part of my brain. And I was just so happy to be able to like code and and problem solve in a way that like I couldn't do anywhere else in my life. Do you think you could talk through one poem on Poem Club that you really like? Yeah, um, I'll talk through Hidden Folders since I think it's it's the most complex and it's the one where I taught myself the most stuff in order to get that done. And I think... That was one where I had, like, like it, it came to me in a vision. <laughs> I'm, like, making these sort of woo-woo gestures with my hands around my head, which is how it feels. <laughs> it came to me in a sort of, of a vision of, like, I want these cards that are all spinning in a grid, kind of, like, playing cards or tarot cards or, like, almost like those, like, matching games where it's, like, you have to you have to match the two cards, remembering, memorizing their places. And I wanted there to be um, a beautiful sound that was timed with the spinning of the cards. So it felt like it, there was some some magical or just spiritual element about them. And then I knew that I wanted the, 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 there to be a poem on the cards. And I wasn't really sure what the content of the poem was going to be. But I wanted it to be able to read in any order. And I knew that I was making it, I was making this poem for a show about digital intimacy called For You. And it was in Athens last year. So I knew that it was going to be sort of about like uh, intimacy and and sex and like in a, in a way that was like, like the operated, like the hidden folder on, on your iPhone for pictures that you don't want other people to see. <laughs> so I wanted there to, yeah, to be like this uncovering or this reveal And so first what I did is I learned how to make a grid of divs and I figured out how to space them. So then I had all these like containers. It took me so long to learn that like in order to wrestle with your divs, like it's okay to just like nest a bunch inside each other and each one having a really specific function. Like just the idea of containers. I, this was the, this was the piece that taught me about containers. So I had my containers all in a grid and then I wanted the cards so I had those all on a grid with some padding so that they were smaller than the container. And then I wanted the text inside the grids. So then I had another layer inside that 
And then it was just a matter of manipulating everything and learning some CSS to get them to spin and to get the cards to spin. And so the way that I figured out the text is that it actually only appears on mouse over. So I didn't have to worry about it making that spin too. I was just like, oh, if I just have a text on a mouse over and the mouse over also pauses the spin, then it'll just show up and it'll seem like it was on the other side, but it actually is just appearing. And then all those things sort of came together. And once I had the grid sort of set up, then I wrote the poem thinking about ordering and where sort of like the flow of the piece and and all of that. But the, the structure did come first in this instance. And I think the structure did inform the text itself and the content of the text because I feel like you can say more when it's a mouse over because <laughs> it's hidden that way. It's safer. Could you talk about the use of sound in general on some of your poems? Yeah. Part of the reason why I was into the idea of putting poems on Poem Club and why it's Poem Club and not Picture Club is I like the idea. I mean, <laughs> I, I how should I phrase this? Um, I think it's like kind of a cheap trick when you are watching a movie and there's like a really beautiful, sad soundtrack and you feel sad and you're like, oh my God, like this movie is really affecting me. It's this combination of things that happen. Of course, it's not actually a cheap trick, but it, it is like a device. I was interested in like how I could take language and then really like almost pump it up and expand your relationship to the text more so than just looking at a poem on a page or scrolling through it. And sound was a huge part of what I wanted to use to get to that feeling. Not all of the poems have sound components, but I think I think just two of them do. It's, yeah, it's a, um, emotional music plays. And then Hidden Folder also has a sound element. Those kind of arose from having a vision, like the sound was baked into the vision of the piece. And I kind of had like a very specific idea for what I wanted to do with the sound in the context of the piece. Emotional Music Plays actually came from listening to that track, which was something that Chris put out under the name Jen. And I really liked the track and I was like, oh, I'm going to make something with that. And then with Hidden Folder, I asked Chris to make a sound for me for the sort of effect of the, um, the tiles spinning around. Do each of your poems have a different workflow? depending on the poem itself? Or could you talk me through your workflow, I guess, from yeah, yeah poem um, conception to like coding to publishing? Yeah, I think they have different shapes. Sometimes the text comes first, like in uh, The Thing You Didn't Choose. That poem I had written a long time ago, and it's about an experience with a childhood friend. And I wanted the poem to sort of represent somehow visually in a visual way, like the landscape that these, this time in my life was taking place, which is, which was largely in the woods um, of the Pacific Northwest. And I liked the idea of having a video in the background and I found a live stream that really felt to me like sort of similar to the, the energy of the forest that I had grown up living next to. So I, I pulled that. But in emotional music plays, the concept actually came first. And then I wrote the dialogue in when it sort of felt right. I, I do find that there needs to be a vision up front. 
Otherwise, like, I think there's this thing with designing for the web that, I mean, I don't actually have enough, a lot of experience designing, like, websites, but I think there's this, like, tyranny of the blank page where it's very much just a white screen and it's hard to figure out like what shapes to put on it because you can't just like make random marks like you do with a pencil or you know paintbrush you have to kind of make decisions about what's going to be there so it helps if there's like a, a dream that I'm having that uh follows me around and then I'm like okay like let's let's figure out how to make this dream a reality which is nice because then I can learn how to make it happen yeah, and then I noticed, just technically speaking, Poem Club is hosted on GitHub. Mm-hmm. How do you, uh, I guess, like publish your code? Yeah, do you use the command line or do you use the GitHub desktop program or what's it like? I use it through the desktop interface. I write everything in brackets first because I like that it has a live render preview of everything so you can get a real really good sense of how it'll look on the web and then I save my file and I will upload it to github and publish it there I think would be the word and then I also use the hosting that is available to users there so I don't really it's not super I'm not super plugged into the github sort of (laughs) world itself I kind of just use it on a very surface level no, I think that's totally cool, and I think GitHub is a little unnecessarily intimidating. Um, it took me a long time to even harness like five percent of its power. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel. It's like, um, it's like, oh, we only use ten percent of our brains. I feel like I'm using like one percent of GitHub's brain. Yeah, but I think you're using it in a really effective way, and I almost wish it were easier to use in that way. And I mean, it's beautiful that. It's it's great that you're hosting it for free. It's online. Once you got it working, I assume it wasn't too difficult to maintain. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Do you think coding poems through Poem Club has helped you understand your own writing when you're not doing Poem Club? Or maybe like in oh. other words, um, what of HTML energy do you bring back with you to your normal writing world? Hmm. Um, that's a great question. I think that it has allowed me to think about containers more. And I think sometimes it's really nice to know that Poem Club exists so that I don't have to try to make everything fit in one place. I think a lot about the failures of communication. I would say that that's something that drives a lot of my work. And I think communication does fail often in the forms that it's available to us. And I'm writing a book right now, for example, and books people interact with in a specific way. Um, Like we read them, we look at them, we turn the pages, we sort of expect them to have a beginning, middle and end. And we, we do sort of like time again is sort of interacting with our interaction of a book. And I think Poem Club has allowed me to harness HTML energy to control that experience or allow for different experiences in a way that almost takes away my anxiety of not being able to say everything that I want to say in in text. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm necessarily taking it back so much as I'm just like allowing myself to play with HTML in order to soothe and give voice to different feelings. Okay, so I have a few 
um, maybe predictable questions, but mm-hmm. I have to ask you, what's mm-hmm. your fa- favorite HTML element? I think I think it's a div because I, I just love that you can put so many things inside it <laughs> and you can change its shape and, and the way it looks and it, it feels like such a crucial building block to me. If you could describe your own energy in just one word, what would it be? I thought about this one for a long time, and the word that kept <laughs> coming to mind was healing. And it's it's sort of a, um, maybe a an I- idealistic or um, yeah, it's an aspirational energy. And then, is there any specific website you'd like to bring back from the dead? I thought about this a lot too when you emailed me, and. I actually can't say that there's one specific website that I'd like to bring back because I think that's the nature of the web is that like things rise and fall and it is a bit of a graveyard. And I think it's good for us to remember that it's not permanent because then I think it changes our relationship to how we interact with it. But I will say that there are times that I've been like hunting down something in some archive or trying to find a record of something and I've gotten to a dead page and that's always made me really sad. But there's always way back machine. Yeah, I guess just as a testing question, um, what's your quarantine routine? been like these days Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> or is it kind it, of complicated it's 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 sort of warped a little yeah um I was doing pretty well with like waking up relatively early around like eight or nine and being in my like air quote home office by 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> um but and I, then I would make tea and basically just like start the day there but lately I've been staying up really late reading this manga that I used to read in high school Whoa. uh yeah I used to read it in high school so it's kind of pushed my morning down a little bit I'm sort of seeing this time as an opportunity to engage with boredom and nostalgia because it occurred to me that like when I was a teenager I had so much more time than I do now but now I have that time again Yeah, I, I'm i trying to remember how I found out about Poem Club. I mean, it could have simply be, been because I followed you on Twitter and maybe you tweeted about it. I'm, I don't, it, my, my memory is kind of hazy, but I just remember the first poem of Poem Club I saw was the piece called Experimental Music Plays, which I noticed is titled dancedancedance.html. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But there is just, there's not like a ton of elements going on, but it's like just the right combination of elements that make for a very poignant uh, piece with these like slow moving cherry blossom trees Mm -hmm. in the background and then this emotional music playing and then this kind of caption like text at the bottom that's telling you that emotional music is playing. I wanted to make something with that piece that felt like you were watching a movie. So I thought of those as almost like subtitles. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of a fake phone call. It's not really a conversation that I had with any particular person, but maybe the feel of a conversation. I'm interested in time in relationship to our websites, you know, scrolling through something 
versus like having something play like a video versus like interacting and controlling the way that what you see and the relationship to time like there are different ways that you can kind of have someone look at something and in that one I I wanted it to be like a slideshow Hmm. almost where you you interact your way through the piece and it's kind of about like nostalgia and the cherry blossoms coming every year and coming at so strongly and and wanting to really capture that moment that's so brief that little window of time So you just heard from Larissa Fom, whose website is www.larissafom.com. Larissa is a writer and artist. She writes and animates poems through her project called Poem Club. And special thanks to computer sound artist Madeline Murky, who composed HTML Energy's intro and outro jingles.